Just when you thought that Julian Green wouldn't see first team minutes at Bayern Munich, now comes word that he will be in the 18 for Bayern's next Champions League match. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. Back in Jersey is Ivis Galarsa. What's happening, man? Uh, nothing much, Garrett. I'm uh, back in Jersey, uh, a little uh, little rested now after the red eye and after getting a good day's sleep. Uh, the weather's pretty terrible here, although it's not you know ice cold like it was in Kansas City. So it's uh, you know getting a little R&R before Thanksgiving and uh, trying to enjoy a little downtime before next week's MLS Cup festivities. Yes, the weather is getting cold, MLS Cup festivities. Kansas City is going to be freezing not looking forward to that, Ivis. I'm sure everyone heard me. It may or may not be last show. It may or may not be freezing. It's may, we might get lucky. We might get if lucky. it's like 70, then I'll be good. It's, no, no. It, well, I, yeah, I guess for you, freezing is anything under 50. Oh, I'm freezing right now, man. People, it's like 55, 50. For right more than normal people, I think they can handle like 40 degree weather. Like I'm already getting, I'm, I'm getting a cold right now because it's getting so cold in Arizona. You're terrible. I know, dude. Someone, someone in the uh, I, I can't avoid this out. Whoever called me soft in the iTunes reviews, I hate you. Uh, truth. <laughs> Hashtag truth. It is. Uh, I have this midweek show. We're not doing the SBI Q and A on this show. Ivis and I will have a show tomorrow. We'll do the Q and A on that show. But still, there's lots for, for Ivis and I to get to. Lots of things over the weekend that happened, like college soccer. We're going to talk a little bit of that. MLS awards. But as I just said, we're going to lead off the show with Julian Green. Ivis, young guy, prospect for the U.S. men's national team, could also play for the German national team. Uh, we didn't expect him to get first-team minutes, but all of a sudden, just like that, he's going to be in the 18 for Bayern's next Champions League match. I mean, this is a huge step and a huge opportunity for him. Well, absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine many people saw this coming. Uh, you know, he, he's obviously a, a really high regarded, highly regarded youth prospect for them. He just signed his professional deal recently, so... You just you wonder how much <clears throat> that played a part in this, and maybe maybe they gave him some assurances that hey, we will give you a look. Uh, you know, we're going to have matches that don't mean much, and and you can get that opportunity. And what better place than Champions League? Even though you know they're qualified, and it doesn't mean anything in terms of that, but just the opportunity to play on that stage, I mean, it's unbelievable and valuable. I mean, he's getting he could get an opportunity that you know hundreds of American players never get. So if he can get that at eighteen, I mean, that's think that says a lot about just how highly regarded he is at Bayern yeah it'd be amazing they're playing CSK uh Moscow uh I mean is this a game that that do you think they would give him some minutes in or is just an opportunity to to introduce him to to a high level just being around the team I mean what what do you what was their kind of overall plan with him even if he gets minutes I mean if he'll be in third for what five ten minutes if that well, apparently there's a possibility he could start, which is pretty crazy. But there are some reports out of Germany suggesting that. So if he starts, I mean, I think I think most American fans, most U.S. national team fans will find their way to a television uh, to see this kid play. Because let's face it, not many people have really, really seen him play. And no, YouTube highlights don't count. Streams of, uh, you know, fourth division youth games or any of that stuff. That doesn't count. You want to see him against professionals on a high, on a good level, and and a game against against Seska Moscow. If they can do that, if he gets into that game, I mean that will really offer us a, a, a good idea of just how good he is and how close he is to actually being someone that U.S. national fans should really be you know thinking about hoping for. Because as we know, he hasn't made his mind up yet. He hasn't decided on whether it's going to be Germany or the USA. I've gone on record as saying it's unrealistic to say he could be a factor for the World Cup, 
But if he steps out there and, and just tears it up in Champions League play and parlays that into some minutes here and there down the road, all of a sudden you're saying, hey, he might be only 18, but he's playing Champions League. He's getting minutes at Bayern. Maybe we have to start taking him seriously as a 2014 possibility. Whoa. I, hey, I know it's a stretch. Dude, but that, hey, I'm sorry. That's a stretch right there. It's a stretch, but if it happens, if he is doing that, I mean, at a certain point, you know what? Maybe there will. there's going to come a time when a U.S. national team player or an American player uh, or a player who can't play for the U.S. at age 18 is good enough to do some things on a really, really high, high level. It's, it should happen at some point. So maybe this could be the kid. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying we can't, you know, we have to actually see now. I mean, Pep Guardiola is a pretty well-respected manager. If he sees enough in this kid to put him on the field, and that's that's a, right there that I, that has to boost his stock up in everybody's eyes because you know what I don't think Pep Guardiola is a guy who just throws minutes around to just anybody you know what I mean he's not you know he's not having a raffle for minutes he's putting guys on the field who can play so if Julian Green gets on that field and if he starts if he starts that that I mean I'm sorry that says a lot that 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 speaks volumes of just how how good this kid can be. Speaking of Julian Green and Brazil, Ivis, two guys who are playing themselves a ticket to go to Brazil. Mixed disgruit, Aaron Johansson led the Americans abroad this past weekend. Johansson, goal and assist, mix a goal. Uh, good to see these young guys doing well. Mix, his league ended. I would like to see Mix go to another league, but still uh, good for Johansson and Mix to continue their terrific form for their clubs. Uh, absolutely. You know, you talk about two players who, who've really seen their stock rise on the on the national team front. Uh, continuing to do well. Uh, the thing with Disgrude is he just got there uh, last year, so I don't know if he's going to be quite a one and done player for, for Rosenborg. I think, I think if anything, they'll hold on, hold on to him and see what happens if if he goes to the World Cup and does damage. All of a sudden, they're staring at some real possibilities for summer transfer offers. So there's really no point for for them to part ways with him now. You know, I think now if anything, now you hold on and. You know, you take him as an investment, and then you take it into the summer and see see if he tears if he gets into the lineup for the U.S., plays well, impresses on that international stage, that, uh, World Cup stage, and then you know if you're if you're Rosenborg, you could be staring at some decent offers. As for Johansson, I mean, he just keeps getting it done, and I know people like to say, oh, it's just the Eredivisie, it's the Dutch league. My my, you know, uncle could score ten goals there, whatever. Well, why, still, if, he, if he can, why isn't he playing in that league then? Uh, you know, just people have that idea. They <laughs> That's the thing perception. I always find funny when people say that. They have that. this perception that, know. Uh, you know, it's so easy to score there. And look, the fact of the matter is he's still among the top scorers in that league. It's not like he's one of 50 guys who has, you know, 15 goals in all competitions. There might be three other guys who have that many goals in all competitions in the entire league. So he's getting it done and he's just gaining confidence, you know, week after week. And, and I you know, I, I, I'm firmly on that bandwagon uh, of people who just see him – really growing into a starring role with the U.S. national team, a starting role with the U.S. national team. If he keeps on scoring these goals and mm-hmm. playing well and gaining confidence, I just don't see how you could keep him out of the lineup. I, I, I agree. Uh, I, I always find that funny, that, that argument with people, Ivis, the people that, oh, you know, it's easy to score goals and blah, blah, blah. Oh, blah. If it's that easy, well, then why aren't you lighting up your Sunday Strikers FC adult team? Well, like, look, you listen. know, it's like finding a player that has right, the quality right. to put the ball in the back of that. That's difficult to find. If you can do that, well, that I mean, it's it's not not every guy can score, you know? Well, look, to be fair, the Dutch league, when you well, compared to other leagues in, in Europe, 
it is it is an easier lead to score and that is true and and you can't argue that i mean it's easier to score in the dutch league than it is to score in the premier league that's a fact i mean i don't think anyone argues that but that being said it's not easy to score in the dutch league it's easy it's easier to score than if say you play in italy or you play in england or 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 even france uh, or germany but it's still a tough league a good league a quality league, and uh, you know you can't write it off, and, and and especially at a young age, at the age that he's at, exactly. I mean, he's only going to get better, and uh, you know, I mean, the funny thing is, <laughs> one of the people who's made the point about the Dutch league being easy to score is Jurgen Klinsmann, and I mean, he's actually he's come out and point, pointed that out. You know, he's made the same statement, but he says it in a he says it in a, in in a way that I mean, he makes it clear. It's like it's you know, it's no comparison the Dutch league to a Premier League. And and no and, you, and I, I agree there I agree with that. But that being said, for a player of his age to be scoring goals like this, gaining confidence like he's gaining, I mean that's just I mean as a U.S. national team fan, you have to be pretty happy seeing him progress like that. It's not like the defenders in the Dutch league are just like, yes, go ahead, please score on us. You know, they're, they're defending for their jobs too. I, the people who make those arguments are are, are stupid. I, my, my point about Mixo, I want to go back to that, is I understand Rosenborg's stance on, yes, they can make a lot of money if Mix capitalizes and does very well at the World Cup if he does go. I don't know. For me, I, I think maybe I, I've seen some people mention it out there. I would like to see him go against some better competition, maybe up his game a little bit. I, I don't think Norway is a good league. I mean, I saw a game in Sweden. Sweden can't be that far off from Norway, and it wasn't that good. I think the Swedish league's Mm, I think they're all they're pretty comparable, but I don't know if you should say, "Oh, I saw one game and this is that league is on this level." I think you might want to take I, it easy. I, I, there. I know, but I'm, I'm making just... these broad generalizations okay. about leagues but, based but, on but... a couple of minutes of a game you saw. Look, I'd say this. I, Look, okay, take that. Okay, I remember more of that game. Listen, every player would be better off in a better league. That's like that goes without saying. No one can argue that. But there's what you have to look at is the whole picture. You know what? It would be better for him to be in a better league if. You know, in the grand scheme of things, but at the same time, now if he moves here in the spring and he goes to some new club and he doesn't settle in as a starter, all of a sudden, five months out from the World Cup, you're not getting playing time. You're not going to the World Cup. So that that also that's the you have to weigh those things in. He's been in that league one year, one year, and you know he's you know he's doing doing well there now. He's playing at a he, he's playing for a better team. He 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 took the step up to join Rosenborg, which is a better team that he was on than he was on. So that's one step. Now he, let him keep playing there. I mean, the World Cup's only six months away. Let him let him play. Let him keep playing well, gaining confidence. Let him get to the World Cup, do his thing, and then let him make the move in the summer. This whole idea that oh, we want to rush him to a bigger league so so they could sprinkle their big league dust on him before the World Cup. That's just no. That, that that's not. I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm making that argument either because it could go the other way too. He could end up on the bench, not playing, and then what do you do? That's true, but but I guess for him finding the right situation, and there could be one out there. There there could be one, but you're right. Finding it would be difficult. I tell you what, but if there is one, him, I would you know like what? to hey, see it. It hasn't hurt him to this point. Playing for Rosenberg has helped him get to the point he is now. That's true, and he's looking yeah. pretty good. So you can't, you know, it's it's it, be one thing if his game regressed playing at Rosenberg. It's, his game is clear. He's he's growing as a player. So. I, I I don't know if you should just I don't know if we should be throwing Rosenborg under the bus as a terrible option. He's doing it right there. Give him another half season. Let's see what happens at the World Cup. And then and you know what? If he does well at the World Cup, now you're talking. Now maybe you get some even bigger leagues. Because right now, realistically, who's going to come calling for him? We're not. I, you're not going to get a top four league calling for him right now. No, 
That's just not happening. But if he goes to the World Cup, plays well, then that's then then you're talking. Then you can talk about some quality offers coming his way. I also remember more than a few minutes of that game in Sweden that I went to, Ivis. Uh, moving over to the North American side of soccer, I was announced that CONCACAF is going to do inaugural awards for the region for players, as in player of the year, female player of the year, goalkeeper of the year, coach of the year, referee, and goal of the year. USA should sweep the awards, Ivis. When you look at the guys who are up there, I mean, Player of the Year, Brian Ruiz, Yawn. I mean, come on. USA should get all the awards here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know it's, it's going to sound a little homerish to, to say, but <clears throat> as, I, you know, as I look at all these candidates, I just don't see how the U.S. would lose any of these awards. Uh, Coach of the Year, I mean, come on. Klinsman, you know, they won the Hex, they won the Gold Cup. Boom, you swept the table. Uh, player of the Year, I mean, you could argue Josie out the door. You could, you could argue Tim Howard. Women's Player of the Year, obviously the U.S. women uh, run run things in the CONCAV region. So, I mean, and even, you know, goalkeeper of the year, Tim Howard. Easy, easy, easy choice mm-hmm. there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but then again, it's how it's, you know, it comes down to how the votes go and who, who's voting. So, I mean, I know I have a ballot, but I don't know how many other people have ballots. Uh, so we'll see. You know, it, it's an interesting, it's a nice idea. I mean, I think it's a good idea from CONCACAF to... <clears throat> to to you know acknowledge and honor some of the best in the region and, and and let everyone know who's you know remind everybody who's done well. You should let me vote for you. Uh, no, that's not gonna happen. Actually, I'm voting right. I'm voting right now as we speak. I'm clicking clicking these boxes. Well, uh, fans you... can also vote, Ivis. So I guess I I, I you can, can vote. I can. You can, pa- you I can't have... participate. My vote won't be as weighted as much. I don't as know yours, if my so. vote is weighted actually. So. Well, I'm sure it goes into like I'm sure there's probably what like a journalist category, which is a third, and there's probably the fans, which is a third, and there's probably like some other one that's a third. I don't know what it'd be, but something. But 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 people can vote if you want. Go to concacaf.com/slash. 2013-concacaf-awards-voting if you want to vote there or just go to Soccer by Ivis. There's an article on it on the website. There's the hot link there. You could do it that way. I'll tell you what. Right I'll tell you what. If there's one award the U.S. will not win, it's definitely not goal of the year because as anyone with a decent memory will remember, Raul Jimenez's uh, bicycle kick against Panama easily, easily, easily the CONCACAF goal of the year. No yeah. question about it. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah. I mean that's a that's a goal of the year for the world finalist. I mean let's be honest. There's two Americans up there. Josiat Brexhays, eh, no. Neither um, one of those goals were yeah, that great. Josie's, I mean, eh, not really. It uh, was a great year for put it, put it, racking up wins and goals, but yeah. as far as golazos and uh, you know memorable goals, eh, wasn't that, wasn't that great? Oh, I was speaking of awards. There's already been some awards that have come out for major league soccer rookie of the year and defender of the year. I'm glad you took my advice. And went with me when I said that Dylan Powers would be Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Is that right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to go find the episode where we discuss that because I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you said Deshaun Brown. I uh, now I'm pretty sure I said Dylan Powers. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to go back to the. We have to rewind because uh, I'm pretty sure you're wrong. I think you actually said Devin Sandoval. Uh, that's whole another argument. You know what? I'm sure there is one person that did say it, and I'm I'm, I'm surprised that we haven't they haven't popped up on twitter yet but you know there's you know there's always gonna be one person that's gonna lay claim to that all right well listen dylan powers and here's the thing i know some people will argue that you know disarm brown and i know folks in seattle 
will say DeAndre Edlin, and they keep saying it. But listen, when it comes down to it, playing central midfield and being a central midfielder on a playoff team, playing that important role on the field is so much more demanding, so much more impressive than uh, playing right back, which is you know where DeAndre Edlin – look, Edlin had a great year, no question about it. Uh, if the award was for best upside potential of a rookie who could be a star one day, yeah, sure. DeAndre Edlin, I'd give him that award all day. But in terms of the year that we just had played, the 2013 regular season, Dylan Powers had, a, for my money, a more impressive season just because he was such a key figure for them. Uh, he was so important to, to to their success, especially when they had all the injuries, and he and he basically gets thr- thrust into the starting lineup as a rookie and did not look like a rookie. He did not play like a rookie. He stepped right in, showed the maturity of a vet, and and I thought it was very telling late in the year when he suffered a concussion that cost him the end of the season. The last, I think, believe it was the last three games of the season and the playoffs. You saw Colorado all of a sudden not look nearly as good. And that was not a coincidence, folks. He was that important to that team. Yeah, and Yedlin, I mean, if you could give an award to biggest impact right away from the get-go, I mean, that was clearly Yedlin with the month that he had. But you saw the regression that he had and kind of the learning process that he had to go through. But overall, pretty good year for rookies, Ivis. I mean, Zardis had a good year for Galaxy. Uh, as you said, Joshua Brown. Andrew Farrell came into his zone at the end for, for New England. So, I mean, very In the end, he was, he, came, he was there all year. What are you talking about? In the, in the end. Well, he started. was a starter for the entire season, played well for mu- much of the season. But anyway, getting back to it, yes, it was a good year for rookies. Uh, but you know what? I tell you what. What is going to be more impressive, and what's what you really need to see is who builds on that, who who takes it, and and does well in their sophomore campaigns. Because you get a lot of times you get rookies who come in, they do well, and all of a sudden second year, man, what happens? They they're all of a sudden. I mean, just look at this year's uh, last year's group going into this year. You know, players like Connor Laid, and I know Nick DeLeon had his injuries, but he he didn't have the same impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ryan Mira ended up injured. Uh, you know, but then and then uh, on the other end, someone like Kellen Rowe, who who wasn't really in the conversation uh, for Rookie of the Year last year, this year second year tears it up. You could you could argue he was sophomore of the year. So you know that that that's where I think you know it's going to be interesting to see how these guys develop because I'll tell you what if if you're asking me. Who's most likely to be sophomore of the year next year? I tell you what, Jossie's artist, uh, it could be that guy. I mean, I, I tell you what, if he doesn't get injured in the preseason and misses the start of the year, I think he absolutely would have been in the rookie of the year conversation. Um, but he started late. It took him a while to adjust and adapt. But I tell you what, man, he showed some real quality late in the year, and uh, he's going to be one to watch for sure next year. You know, it might not be the best, but I think they should have like a rookie versus sophomore game right before the MLS All-Star game. Uh, I don't know if there's. I don't know if there's I enough guys. I don't know if there's enough not, rookies. There's definitely but... not enough goalkeepers. Yeah, that's also um, true. <laughs> so that's, that's the it. rookies I mean, would be not... the rookies would be difficult. Maybe bring up a couple USL pro guys or something or NASL guys. Yeah, I mean this year there weren't any 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 goalkeepers who really played. So it was uh, as you know I suppose obviously last year you had guys like uh, well you had Ryan Mira before his hip injury and and then maybe someone like Matt Lampson for Columbus who. Just might be their starter next year, um, but yeah, you know what? It, I, there's quality there, and and I'll say it. I've said it once. I'll say it again. We continue to see college talent come out of come out of the college ranks and do well on the on the next level. Uh, you know, everyone's in a hurry to 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 just dig the grave for the college game and say it doesn't matter anymore. It's not a factor anymore. But hey, look, look, hey, who won? Who just won Rookie of the Year? A four year college guy. Who took second? 
a three-year college kid. Uh, DeAndre Edlin, two years of college. Andrew Farrell, four years of college, right? I mean, hey, where, where, where are the straight out of high school homegrown kids on that list? Nowhere to be found. And, that, and that's not a coincidence, folks. Don't, don't, don't just assume college soccer still doesn't have a role. It still has a role, and it will have a role. Uh, before we get back into college soccer, Ivis, uh, the other award that came out, Defender of the Year, uh, you called it outstanding for New England. Jose Gonzalez is the 2013 MLS Defender of the Year. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, it was good to see him uh, get the consideration that, that he deserved because, you know, sometimes you wonder, you know, if, if it's going to be, you know, since it's his first year, is he going to get the recognition he deserves or is he going to have to wait a year to really have it come around the league that – He's as good as advertised, but um, you know he won deservingly. I was a little surprised to see Omar Gonzalez, uh, you know, finish ahead of certain people. Uh, in the, I don't think Gonzalez had a great year by any stretch, and I think that was a case of, of a of a player's reputation kind of helping him in the, in the voting. Uh, because for my money, I thought Hamas Olave and Chris Clute were, were were players who had better years than him. Uh, Matt Beesler for me, deserving second place finisher in that voting. Uh, you know, Kansas City best defense in the. You, ha- you almost have to put someone in there from Kansas City. He he was a, such a key to their success. I mean, some of the stats that I've heard as far as the number of shots on goal that they give uh, when Deesler's on the field, it's just staggering. I mean, it's just it's just they put a vice grip on teams, which is why, for me, I think that's why I think Sporting Kansas City is the favorite in MLS Cup, not only because they're at home, but because their defense is just so tough. On Monday, MLS held its MLS waiver wire draft. Two players were selected. Brad Stuver's going to the Columbus Crew Paulo DePiccolo is going to New England Revolution earlier in the day on Monday. Ivis, you said that if there's a player that you would take a flyer on, it would be Paulo DePiccolo. Why is that? For me, coming out of college, I thought he was a very talented player. He was, you know, on my big board, uh, pretty highly rated. He wasn't quite a first round value, but he was a high second round value. And he is a versatile player. He can play in the midfield. He can play in the back. He, he's pretty skilled. Uh, he's a pretty technical player. Uh, he went to Europe. He went to Germany, tried his hand with Eintracht Frankfurt, so he didn't join Montreal right away. But when he came back, he wasn't able to get any minutes in Montreal. And as, as I think we've figured out by now, uh, Montreal isn't exactly the best place to be if you're an American, a young American player. Just doesn't seem to work out uh, for many, uh, you know, when it comes to that. So I don't think he got a fair shake in Montreal. And I think going to New England. Perfect, perfect opportunity for him. I think he can, you know, he can help them, give them some depth in, in central midfield, give them maybe a little bit of bite uh, as a defensive midfielder. And also it reunites him with his best friend, Andrew Farrell, uh, the two Louisville teammates who uh, have some pretty hilarious videos that they put together during their days at Louisville. Uh, they call themselves Salt and Pepper. And uh, basically what they would do is they would compete against athletes, other athletes from Louisville, in random sports. So it'd be, you know, them against the football guys. They would do football stuff and soccer stuff or, or them against the women's volleyball team. Some pretty pretty funny stuff. I, I took a look at it today. Uh, but I think of, of what was available, I thought he made the most sense as a field player who could maybe help a team. Did they, uh, did they ever win? They actually beat the football guys, surprisingly enough. Huh. Uh, it, it, it was some interesting mix of, of football drills and soccer drills and – <laughs> they got wrecked by the women's volleyball team, though. Uh, that was pretty ugly. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think that's a that's a pretty shrewd pickup when you think about, you know, a guy who probably would have been an early second round, <clears throat> late first round pick if uh, 
teams didn't know he had European aspirations. Uh, I think that turned some teams off, which is why he ended up not getting drafted uh, until you know when he did. So uh, I think he could end up panning out for them. It wouldn't shock me at all if he if he uh, ends up playing a role for them next year. Yeah, Louisville men's soccer alumni taking over Major League Soccer, Ibis. Uh, well, Major League Soccer continues to make news this week. Lots of news that they're uh, releasing. The 2014 schedule has come out. Ibis fans everywhere can rejoice that they now have ample time to plan their road trips for their respective teams. Yes, uh, it, it, it came to the shock of, to a lot of people when MLS put out the schedule for 2014 this early. Uh, for those of you who remember, we've, we've had some fun through the years with the league being so late. And, you know, I had the, I had the hashtag one time, uh, the MLS schedule is late because, and uh, the hashtag actually uh, trended globally, uh, which is kind of, it should be. I think it'll be on my tombstone that I had a hashtag trend trend uh, globally. Uh, but it's great, you know. I agree. It's it, it's not it's great not just for fans, but it's also great for journalists like myself who, you know, want to try to figure out their travel plans ahead of time. And uh, there are some obviously some juicy matchups that you know even in that very first weekend, uh, you know, some road trip potential. And uh, you know, it, it, it's it's good. It's getting people excited already to think about next year and, and there's like no gap there's no there's kind of no like dead time because i tell you what once mls cup is over boom mm-hmm. you're you're less than a month from the draft and uh you know we can start talking about the draft and everything so i think it's great that they put it out this early and i i mean i already looking at you know i'm already looking at my schedule for that opening week and uh i think i'm gonna try to pull off the seattle portland double uh i think i might go to seattle kc which is uh starting at 3 p.m eastern time and then figure out a way to either drive or fly or hop uh, some a uh, private jet maybe to to Portland for their 10:30 p.m. Eastern time kickoff against Philly. So uh, right there, you can you know you, you got potential for some some you know quality quality travel there. So I'm looking forward to it, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of fans around the league are, are excited just to see the trips they could be going on next year. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Also, another opportunity for you to start planning your trips to go see your second family in Portland, Ibis. <laughs> I know, I know. It's funny. <coughs> you know, I was just—I was just there again. I was just there again, and it was—it uh, was a great time. I—I—I I, I, I stayed. I stayed like one extra full day to take in the sights that I hadn't taken in before. And uh, I tell you what, man, Portland is a great city. If you, I had never been there before March, and and now from March to now, I've been there four times, and I love the place. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to move there, but you know, because I'm a Jersey boy and. It'd be tough for me to to leave this area, but uh, it seems seems like a great city to live in. I can't I can't argue that at all. And speaking of the schedule, as fans plan to go places, one of those players you can see as teams try to improve is Jermaine Defoe. News came out, Ivis, on Tuesday that Toronto was looking to make one of the biggest moves in Major League Soccer history and bring Jermaine Defoe over. It's pretty mind boggling. I've been trying to wrap my mind about it around it and it's uh it's pretty big news i think well i mean it's not shocking because it's you know there's been rumors for some time now and 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 i think most people could get most people could get the sense early on that you know tim lewicki the former la galaxy boss he was not he was not going there to just uh you know take it easy i mean he's a big move maker he he he, he understands what star power can mean and he went there with on, on a mission, you know, to kind of help revive that that 
club revive that organization. You know, they're obviously down in the dumps. And I think he has seen an opportunity now to add some star power. And if they do get that deal done, I mean, that is what you call really like pushing, pushing all in, you know, because I mean, based on the numbers being reported, I mean, it's going to be the biggest, it, it would be based on the numbers that we're seeing, the biggest transfer paid in league history, bigger than Dempsey's. And uh, his salary would be if you know one of easily one of the either one of the highest or or second highest salaries in, in history. So they are not playing around in Toronto. That might not be the only move they make. I mean, there's also talk about Alberto Giardino, so uh, the Italian strikers. So it, you know, it's exciting times in Toronto. And you know, when's the last time you could say that? Yeah, that's yeah, no, that's uh, that's very true. But I mean, Jermaine Defoe, uh, you know, some people I, I you know I saw some comments saying you know he's not the He's not a good player, and blah blah blah. Like I think he'll come over and do well. My, my only my only worry about this, Ivis, is is seeing Dempsey move over, and then seeing the money that Donovan's getting and the money that Defoe would get uh, if he actually does come over. You know, you kind of worry that Major League Soccer, and you hope that it doesn't become a trend where teams have you know superstar players are going to be paid an exorbitant amount. Then you have this massive gap to the next level. You know, you kind of hope that that the league kind of continues to grow, and you don't have you know, a list of mega stars that are earning, you know, more than half of the league. Well, I mean, you know what? You have to pay to get quality. I mean, there's no other way to say it. When you have a league that's growing the way MLS is growing, uh, expanding and really trying to make a mark uh, internationally and, you know, trying to move the needle on the national TV front. I mean, you need star power. There's no other way to say it. Uh, they, You know, the league has to be smart. Teams have to be smart about how they spend that money. But they have to spend that money. They have to go get star players. And I understand the point of, you know, how does it skew things or how does it impact a locker room when you have, you know, one guy making more than like the entire team or that kind of thing. But I, I mean, I, I'm I think players get it. You know, I think I, I'm pretty sure that a rookie making league minimum isn't sitting around saying, man, I should be making what Terry Henry makes or I should be making what Tim Cahill makes or or Jermaine Defoe makes. I mean, it's the pecking order. As as Meek Mill would say, for all you rap fans out there, there's levels to this, and that's how it is in in, in MLS when it comes to salaries. And uh, you're going to see it more and more. Hopefully, you want to see that. You want to see big-name players. You want to see big-ticket players coming over. You want to see the league investing that kind of money. So I don't see anything wrong with that at all. I mean, you know what? If, if, he, if he crashes out, if he ends up not playing well – you know, it, it doesn't mean you shouldn't have tried. It just means you have to be smarter about the players you go after. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. I mean, yeah, having guys like Defoe coming over increases the uh, the viewership of the league. And, yeah, you know, it might help out with their TV contracts. Ivis, that wraps up today's show. I think we covered everything. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. We'll do some Q&A and some other news. Um, but I think we got everything for today, right? I think we covered a, a lot of the things that we didn't get a chance to get to in our in our mini show from Monday. But... Uh, you know, there's still some things. We, we're hopefully we're gonna have two more shows at least this week. Uh, so you know, there's still obviously the college, the NCAA tournament, which is going on. They're down to the uh, Sweet 16, and mm-hmm. they'll be competing this weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely devote some time to that. And uh, you know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes in the MLS front. Uh, you know, uh, for those of you who listen to this show, uh, you're gonna want to go check out my uh, my goal.com uh, column on Wednesday. Which is going to have some some tidbits uh, that that uh, on the MLS front uh, relating to a few different teams. So you're going to want to check that out. A little teaser for you. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about a few of them on the next show. But there, there's a lot going on right now. 
there are teams that are already out there looking for the looking for those impact players for next year. Uh, a lot of scouting, recruiting, a lot of trade talk. There's trade talk going on. There's coaches being interviewed. Uh, short lists being created now for these the last available jobs. FC Dallas, I know Vancouver has whittled down their list of candidates. Uh, so there, there's a, there's a lot going on, folks. And just because you know it's Thanksgiving week and we're coming down to the end of the regular season, there is no off season in MLS. There's always stuff going on, uh, and we'll we'll try to talk about it all. And hopefully, we'll try to bring it all to you on SBI. Yeah. Hey, that's I mean that's that's how Major League Soccer wants it to be. I mean, look at you look at the other leagues uh, in America. Ivis, they're twenty four seven, twelve months a year, three hundred sixty five days. I mean, MLS, it's it's getting there. And as you said, I mean, as soon as the season ends, we're going to be talking college soccer, preparing for the draft because you are the milk hyper, knowledge, hair, and everything. Nah, I don't know about the hair, but uh, I, I think well, I'm trying uh, to help you out here. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Uh, for those of you who missed it, we put out our big board. I, I put out uh, our SBI draft, uh, MLS draft big board on Friday. And uh, if you didn't see it, you wanna, you're want you going to want to go dig that up. I may have to put it back on the top of the site to just remind everybody. It's going to be the list you want to reference and look at because, uh, uh, you know, I'm not humble when it comes to that that, that particular aspect. We I put a lot of work in that uh, into that list. And I think uh, the general, if you ask the people in the biz, I think most of them will tell you it's the best list around. Uh, to give you a sense of what kind of talent's coming out, uh, it, it's a bit of a down year in terms of star p- potential, like top end prospects. But I think there's some good quality in the draft. If you if your team needs a center back, there's quite a few good center back prospects. Uh, so you know what, it, 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 that's going to bear watching. And so you know, I'm going to be I'm going to update the big board every two weeks and then every week as we get closer to the draft. And then pretty soon we'll start doing our mock drafts. Uh, that'll be the next step. That'll come in December. So keep you're definitely going to keep keep an eye out for that, especially if you're an MLS fan and you want to know who the players are coming in uh, into the league that you're going to want to keep an eye on. Yeah, and uh, most of these guys are still alive in the tournament. Gives an excellent reference point if you're looking for the guys on certain teams to pay attention to. Guys, you know, for instance, on Cal, uh, you know, Maryland, um, Indiana is eliminated, but uh, some other teams that are the New Mexico, Coastal Carolina that are that are in there too. Uh, Ivis, that wraps up the show, my man. It's a little late for us, a little late for you, a little late for me. So uh, I think we'll wrap it up without rambling too much here. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. I think uh, I think that's all. And uh, I got to say just one last time, and uh, you know, I, I might have touched on it on the last show, but it, it, the league has come so far. MLS has come so far. Just the, the spectacle, the two spectacles, the dueling spectacles in Kansas City and Portland for the conference finals was was just unbelievable. I mean, from the pre-game uh the pre-game activities at Sporting Park to the post-game show put on by the Timbers fans. Uh I mean, it it's just great. It's just great to see. It's just great to see the league grow and mature the way it has and and, and come so far from, you know, those dark days at, uh, around the time of MLS contraction when we didn't know if the league would stick around, but it, it's a good time right now. The league's in a good place. The league's not perfect. It could definitely improve in some areas. Uh, no doubt about that, but it, it's growing and uh, it's improving in some ways. And uh, you know what? It, it's exciting. And so I'm looking forward to seeing this next MLS Cup final. We'll be all over that. We'll, me and Garrett and I will be in Kansas City. So uh, you know what? We're, we're gonna keep that. We're gonna keep that coverage coming uh, for you for the next couple of weeks. I, you're just, I'm just there for eye candy. That's the only reason why. 
Hey, oh, and you know what? Hey, I'll tell you what, folks. So we're, we're, you know, right now we're in the process of trying to finalize a venue for the party. Now, if you're in Kansas City, if you're listening to our show and you're a Kansas City resident and you have a suggestion for a place to, for us to have the SBI show 100th episode party, let us know. Because, uh, you know, I, I've got a place in mind. I'm not going to say where it is. Uh, working on that. We're also going to look at some potential co-sponsors uh, for the party uh, on that Friday. But you know what? We're, that, that's something we're working on this week. So if you have a place that you think would be a good place for us to have a party, let us know. And, uh, you know, tweet tweet it at us. Tweet it at me. Uh, you know, and uh, and we'll take it from there. And hopefully by, I mean, it, it almost has to be by Monday or Tuesday of next week, you know, I'll hopefully have an announcement and, and we'll have We'll have a home for our hundredth anniversary, hundredth anniversary, hundredth episode, SBI show party at MLS Cup. Yeah, we might uh, get the Schmore flavored schnapps to be our co-sponsor for the uh, for the party, possibly. Well, you know what, Jack Daniels. <laughs> the amount of Jack Daniels that I that I uh, you know take in uh, over the course of a year. Not that I'm you know out of control, but. I drink my fair share, so I don't know. I might have to talk to them. So we'll what, see. Why don't we look, like partner up with like a local like brewery or something like that? Like that that could be. What are we going to Portland? It's Kansas City, my man. I'm, I'm sure they know. have some. Yeah, I mean, we got some. Maybe. We got some in you know in Phoenix. We got some local breweries out here. It's, it's not going to be that kind of party, but um, all right, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> there better be beer at this party because I'm not drinking any hard. I'm sure, stuff. it'll be beer on the menu, but uh, like PBRs, we'll, I'll be fine with that. No, no, there's no, there's no, it's not, there's not, there's not going to be any, there's no bull riding. So, I mean, none of that kind of like, you know, Southwestern type motif at this party. Here's one. I, I just looked one up. Thank you, Wikipedia. By the way, I donated money to Wikipedia. <laughs> um, yeah, list of that's, breweries. That's where, he gets all, that's where he gets all his uh, research from. Yes, it's, it's, it's true. Um, list of, well, dude. <laughs> Flying Monkey Beer. It's in Kansas City. So there we go, Ivis. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. That's something else, that's something else to look at. Yeah, possibly. Well, they only have 209 likes on Facebook. All right. Nah, that's too low. That's no, too family. low. That's too low. Uh, yeah, no fire blade. All right, Ivis. Well, you have a good night. I will talk to you tomorrow as always, everyone. Thank you for listening to the show. Ivis and I will be back. This is the SBS Show.